1: Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our weekly MLB power ranking show where we break down my weekly power rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. We're recording this Monday evening on July 4th for, for context as we talk about wins and losses and stats and whatnot. I hope everyone had a good 4th of July weekend, assuming you're catching this audio on tuesday july 5th i'm drew silva joining me here and every week throughout the season is my co-host janice scurrio welcome in janice so yeah we're now into july with the all-star break fast approaching uh, is there anything specific that you're looking forward to from around the baseball world this coming week
2: Absolutely. Uh, there is a matchup Wednesday that I think will be particularly interesting. Uh, so Joe Ryan is going to head up against Lance Lynn uh, right here in Chicago. So in his last outing, uh, Joe Ryan allowed just two hits, walked one, struck out seven, uh, one of his best starts on Friday night against the Orioles. But yeah, finished with a pretty strong 71.9% strike rate. Uh, so looked pretty decent there. Uh, as for Lance Lynn, uh, Lance Lynn did make his fourth start of the season Friday after returning from the injured list uh, definitely one of his better starts yet uh, yeah just uh, kept the Giants off the board for six innings uh, and is eventually got to a, a one nothing win over the Giants so that was very exciting uh, but Lynn is still working himself back into form after his injured list stint so uh, yeah I'm ex- I'm just expecting him to get better from here
1: yeah that's a big series between the White Sox and Twins uh, it'll I mean, it's early, but it'll go a long way, it feels like, to determining the American League Central race. We'll talk a little White Sox later in the show. They are one of the biggest risers this week. Before we get into all the rankings, uh, weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Angels take on the Orioles in Baltimore this Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to peacock.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. All right, let's jump into this week's power rankings. As usual, we will do a deep dive on each of the teams in the top five and then discuss the three biggest risers and three biggest fallers from the previous week to the current week. If you want rankings and observations on all 30 clubs, check out the full power rankings column on Tuesday. Uh, Usually goes up late morning, early afternoon, depending on how long it takes me to actually write the thing. And there are so many games on this July 4th. Like I think only four teams were off that this is like a really hard show to prep for and, it's going to be like a, a hard column to write because I can't do much pre-writing. So expect uh, <laughs> that column probably early afternoon rather than late morning and expect us to not be totally prepared for this show. Cause there are just so many games that have already happened and are going on right now, but yeah, regular listeners get the drift. We kind of do this on the fly. All right. Start us out Janus, with who we have at number one overall this week.
2: Absolutely. The number one overall still going strong, the New York Yankees. So uh, the Yankees did lose on Sunday 2 nothing to the Guardians, and that ended a span of 20 games, uh, just playing straight, no scheduled off days in that 20-game span. Um, so in that 20-game period, uh, they fared 14-6, uh, so they've won series against the Rays twice, uh, the Blue Jays, Athletics, Guardians, uh, and Tampa Bay and Oakland as well.
1: Yeah, they went 22-6 and six in June and then won two of three at Cleveland this past weekend to kick off the month of July. Uh, as we chat here on Monday evening, a 13-game lead on first place in the American League East, a 99.9% chance to make the postseason per baseball reference. Baseball reference also has the Yankees at 24.9% to win the World Series, which seems like a crazy number. Um, but, yeah, that's that's their algorithm that, w- that works out that way. I mean, it's it's been an incredible first half for the Yankees, winning games in all sorts of ways. 25 comeback victories, I believe, or maybe it's even up to 26 now. Uh, whatever the number, it's way more than any other team. Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton are leading the charge offensively. They all have 20-plus home runs already. Only six teams in MLB history have featured three plays three players with 20 or more homers through the first 80 games of a season, that would be the 1949 giants, the 1959 senators, the 2000 angels, the 2001 Cleveland Indians, the 2003 Braves and the 2022 Yankees. Uh, they need to just go just 42 and tr- 42 and 40, the rest of the way to reach hundred wins. So really just have to play 500 ball the rest of the way. And they're going to be a, a, a 100 win team. It's a route in the American League East in that division. Maybe the Red Sox or Blue Jays can, can make it a closer race, but the gap right now at basically the midway point is very wide. Uh, yeah, so no surprise at the top. It's, it's yet yet another week with the number one spot for the Yankees.
2: Holding strong at number two, actually climbing up two spots from number four, uh, the Houston Astros. So the Astros did a pretty interesting thing on Sunday, struck out 20 batters, setting a franchise yeah. record for a nine inning game. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, they uh, two, two run, two out, walk off Homer, off Ryan Tapera, Jeremy Pena hit that to send uh, yeah. the Astros to a 4-2 win. So really, a really enjoyable team to watch. And they, they always seem to be doing interesting things every week.
1: This has been an eye-opening stretch from the Astros, the current seven game winning streak, a 15 and three record over their last 18 games. And many of those games have been against you know worthy contending opponents, A lot of Yankees and Mets and White Sox. Uh, they just finished up a three game sweep of the division rival Angels. And in that series against Anaheim, the Astros set a new MLB record by generating 48 strikeouts in a three-game series that did not feature any extra-inning games. Uh, 20 strikeouts alone, as you mentioned, on Sunday, and two homers from Jeremy Pena, one being that walk-off two-run shot in the bottom of the ninth. Pena has picked up where he left off uh, since returning from the injured list. He's still alive in the American League Rookie of the Year odds, but I don't know, Julio Rodriguez is kind of running away with that. We'll get into him a little bit later when we talk Mariners. Uh, Jordan Alvarez was named American League Player of the Month for June after batting .418 with a 46 OPS, nine home runs, 28 RBIs, and 19 runs scored in a span of 23 games. And he just hit a walk-off homer against the Royals here on, on Monday evening before we hopped on. Alvarez has the top OPS of all MLB hitters on the season at 10.63, Um, I know that Aaron judge is right now considered like the runaway favorite for AL MVP and, and Shohei Otani is thought of as like the next best contender for that award. But I wouldn't rule out Alvarez if, if he keeps this going into the second half, he just, he makes it look easy just hitting bombs. Um, Yeah. So beyond the ridiculous pitching, they've gotten recently, really a historic level of pitching they've gotten recently. uh, The Astros offense is definitely humming too. If anyone is, is going to unseat the Yankees at the top of these power rankings over the next handful of weeks. I think it could be the Astros.
2: At number three, a pretty strong team right here, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They took three out of four games from the Padres over the weekend, and they finished that four-game set now sitting three and a half games ahead of the Padres in the National League West, another pretty tightly contested race here. Uh, So uh, Padres are going to be consistently nipping uh, at the heels of the Dodgers, I feel.
1: Yeah, the, the Dodgers uh, almost completed that four-game sweep of San Diego over the weekend before Craig Kimbrell got lit up in the in the top of the ninth inning on Sunday, ultimately went as a 4-2 loss for Los Angeles. Man, over, over his last 19 appearances dating back to mid-May, Kimbrell has been scored upon more often than he has not been scored upon in those 19 appearances. He has three official blown saves and four losses in that stretch to go along with a 6.62 ERA. Um, so that's a problem, but it might be like the Dodgers' only real problem. Their starting pitching depth has been dinged up. Uh, Walker Buehler's going to be out for a while, but you wouldn't really know that by the, by the numbers, the starters they've had filling in very admirably. Uh, and the Dodgers do have an easy slate coming up this week, seven games at home against the visiting Rockies and then the visiting Cubs. Mookie Betts returned from the injury list on Sunday after missing only about three weeks with a cracked rib. Uh, so a pretty swift return for bets, and he went two for, th- two for three with two walks, in his f- first game off the IL on Sunday against the Padres. Brought a 901 season OPS into play on Monday. We'll see what the Dodgers do about Kimbrel. Manager Dave Roberts said Sunday that he remains the primary closer, uh, but a lower leverage role would probably make sense, even if it's just temporary. To to get him feeling better and feeling right. I know he's dealt with a back injury uh, for the last couple of weeks, so that could be playing a role in this. Uh, Brewstar Gratterall, Evan Phillips, might be better options, I think, to finish out leads. I, I recommend recommended picking up Gratterall on, on last week's show, and I hope that people did. Um, but, yeah, another, another week at number three for the Dodgers. They got leapfrogged by the Astros, as we just outlined, but uh, Los Angeles is holding strong in that third spot.
2: Absolutely. I could have told you a little bit about Kimbrel's woes. I don't know yeah. if the Dodgers should use him in the eighth inning though, uh, just from my personal experience.
1: It's a good point. Yeah. I mean, he, then the ninth inning is, is where he really thrives and he's not really thriving there right now. I, it's possible that we're, we're just near the the very tail end of, of his career. I know he's relatively young. Like he's been around for a long time, but what is he? 30, 31, 32. Um, I could probably look that up, but yeah, let's move on to who we have at number four.
2: At number four, uh, the Kimbrough's New York-
1: 34, by the way. He's not 32.
2: Okay. Okay. 34 is not old. Maybe maybe it's baseball old, but generally not old.
1: No. I, From a 35-year-old, yeah. no. It's not old.
2: <laughs> As a 36-year-old woman, yeah, I, I definitely do not agree that 34 is old. All right. <laughs> Uh, So speaking of being old, I'm not not sure where I'm going with this one. Um, The New York Mets are number four. Absolutely no connection there. Uh, But anyway, I found an interesting story about Eduardo Escobar. Uh, So uh, he he had been slumping uh, pretty much all throughout the month of May. Uh, He changed his belt. And ever since uh, he's gotten a different belt, he's now homered in three straight games uh, since then. Uh, But as for the Mets, uh, they took two out of three from the Rangers over the weekend, uh, including Escobar's homer streak.
1: That sounds like (laughs) typical baseball lore.
2: Yep.
1: This is the analysis that people, the choppy analysis that people come to expect from our Power Mm -hmm. Ranking show. Uh, But yeah, the the Mets, they got swept by the Astros in in a two-game series to begin last week's set of games and then won two of three against the Rangers over the weekend, so nothing to get overly concerned about. Though if you take it back a bit further, the Mets have lost six of their last ten entering play on Monday. That does not include their series opener uh, on July 4th at Cincinnati, which is either probably just wrapped up or going on right now. The Mets are up 7-4 to four in the top of the ninth, um, so that was kind of an expected win in that series opener at Great American Ballpark. Max Scherzer will, will come off the IAL to handle the second game of that series on Tuesday, is uh, going to be making his first start for the Mets since May 18th, when he suffered a left oblique strain. He made two minor league rehab appearances at Double A Binghamton uh, for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, which is one of the great team names in baseball, and struck out eight batters over four and two third innings in the second of those two rehab starts, went 80 pitches, uh, so he should be able to go 90 plus pitches if you know the game script calls for it on Tuesday night against the Reds are at a 2.54 ERA and 59-11 to 11 strikeouts walk ratio when he went on the IL in mid-May. Obviously a huge boost getting him back. And then there's also exciting news on the Jacob deGrom injury front as he touched 101 miles per hour in his rehab debut on Sunday with single-A St. Lucie. Only worked one and two-thirds innings, but he gave up no hits, no walks, and struck out five of the six batters he faced So it sounds like DeGrom is, is back to his normal self or very much in the process of getting there, uh, just now needs to build up his pitch count before a return sometime later this month. I think soon after the All-Star break in between then and like right at the end of July, uh, he's recovered from the stress reaction in his right scapula, which is part of the shoulder. We all know what DeGrom can be when he's healthy. He has a 1.94 ERA with 774 strikeouts over his last 581 Major League innings dating back to the beginning of 2018. Edwin Diaz was just named NL Reliever of the Month for June. He's been lights out. Uh, So the Mets dropped to number four in in the midst of a a slightly rocky stretch, but they could be a better team in the second half than they were in the first half, You know, getting Scherzer and DeGrom in the rotation at the same time for the first time, uh, which is a scary thought for the rest of the NL East and, and the rest of the National League.
2: Right. The Atlanta Braves are number five. Typically, I lead off with the number, uh, but I decided to, yeah, just mix it up. Absolutely. Spoil things and announce the team first. Uh, So the Braves uh, just fell short of a sweep of the Reds over the weekend. Uh, Charlie Morton uh, on Sunday was able to, uh, yeah, just hold uh, the Reds hitless until the seventh inning. Uh, I, I really like the fact that he continues to go deep into his outings and uh, yeah, definitely uh, keep, uh, keep the Braves in the ball game.
1: Yeah. Up into the top five, go the Braves. I started them mm-hmm. at number one this year, coming off their world series win in 2021. They pr- pretty quickly dropped down the rankings after struggling to find much consistency throughout April and may, but there was that 14 game winning streak that kicked <laughs> kicked off off the month of June and now an overall 23-7 and record over their last 30 games since the end of May. Uh, they took two of three at both Philly and Cincinnati last week. Now comes a 10-game homestand against the Cardinals, Nationals, and Mets. Uh, that series opener versus the Cards got underway a bit earlier before we hopped on here. I can check that out too. Braves are up 6-1 in the top of the 8th. I know they scored a lot of runs early backing Kyle Wright. They were kind of hammering Dakota Hudson. And before the game, outfielder Eddie Rosario and reliever Tyler Matzik were both activated off the injured list. Those two played key roles in the run to the World Series last year. Rosario claiming 2021 NLCS MVP honors and Matzik posting a 1.72 ERA over 13 postseason appearances with 24 strikeouts in, in 15 innings. Uh, Rosario had a brutal opening two weeks this year um, and then went on the IL but you can chalk that up to vision with laser surgery for his right retina. Uh, he showed pretty well in his rehab assignment. Had a bunch of doubles and and some walks, so obviously seeing the ball a whole lot better and can hopefully uh, provide some pop for like the the lower part of that lineup in Atlanta. Michael Harris the 2nd won NL rookie of the month for June after batting 347 with a 946 OPS. 13 extra base hits, four steals, 16 RBIs, and 18 runs scored in 27 games. He homered again on Sunday at Cincinnati. Um, I, I knew Harris as like a highly touted defensive outfielder. That was kind of the gist of his prospect profile and that maybe he'd figure it out offensively at some point. But, yeah, this level of, of production at the plate is, is something I don't think anyone expected. He's been terrific for the Braves. Matt Olson has been on like a time hitting type of heater 24 rbis across his last 31 games so big turnaround for the braves and and back up into my top five here near the exact midway point of the season
2: great great to see them figuring some things out Moving on to your big risers of the week. So at number 12, the Philadelphia Phillies climbing up two spots from 14. Uh, So uh, Zach Wheeler, uh, he has lowered his season ERA to 266. uh, So definitely a lot better than the 278 ERA he had last season uh, when he finished as runner-up in the NL Cy Young Award voting. Uh, He's got a 167 ERA over his last 12 starts, not to mention a 162 ERA at home and a 184 era in night games yeah that's pretty ridiculous yeah they
1: took two of three from yeah that is crazy they took two of three from the cardinals over the weekend uh the phillies and they're now 20 and nine under interim manager rob thompson after starting the season 22 and 29 with joe girardi at the helm kyle schwarber was named nl player of the month for june after posting a 1065 ops with 12 home runs 27 RBIs and 27 runs scored in a span of 27 games last month. Schwarber had a pretty rough go of it in April and May after signing that four-year, $79 million free agent contract with the Phillies when the lockout ended in March. But yeah, he's turned it on in a massive way and is actually the current National League leader for home runs as we chat here on July 4th with 23 homers. Um, Reese Hoskins has turned it on to batting 318 with a 1090 OPS over his last 129 plate appearances since the beginning of June 10 home runs in his last 32 games and you mentioned Zach Wheeler he went seven shutout innings in Sunday night's four nothing win over the Cardinals that was his fifth scoreless start of six plus innings this year which is tied for the most among all MLB pitchers and you mentioned the numbers Wheeler has a two-point 6'6 ERA on the season 99 strikeouts in 88 innings he's been especially dominant over the last couple of months remember he started the season uh, in a delay was it on the IL yeah like a backdated IL stint because of a shoulder injury that popped up during the spring and there was some concern you know whenever you hear shoulder and pitchers you worry about the long-term effects um and he was a little bit more mediocre out of the gate but he's been back to his dominant self lately and and could pitch his way into consideration for the Cy Young Award. I know it's a loaded field this year in both leagues. Bryce Harper's out with that fractured thumb. He'll be out until at least mid-August after undergoing surgery last week. But the Phillies are playing good team ball right now. Derek Hall has, what, three home runs in his first five major league games. They called him up needing some left-handed power with Harper on the shelf. And now they have an easy three-game series against the Nationals, which is set to get underway on Tuesday. Then they travel to St. Louis for a four-game set from Friday through Monday. Uh, I have a family friend in town for for that one. She lives in Philadelphia, but coming in for it and planning on hitting at least one of those games, hopefully a couple of them. Phillies rise to the number 12 spot this week, jumping over my Cardinals and the Giants.
2: Oh, boy. Number 14 is a team I do not talk about quite a bit. Uh, It is the Chicago White Sox. Uh, so really exciting weekend uh, the White Sox had in San Francisco. I was actually at Oracle Park for all three of those ball games, That's and awesome. I had a really had a really wonderful time. Uh, I've never been to Oracle Park before. Really fantastic sight lines. I had seats uh, just strategically all throughout the ballpark, and just really loved the atmosphere, the time there. Uh, Giants fans were great. Uh, I was very amused by the uh, the hot dog vendors outside the ballpark. I did not get a hot dog though. They will wrap it in bacon and also put all sorts of like vegetables and other toppings on it. Uh, but anyway, uh, overall, a very exciting uh, ballpark experience in San Francisco. But anyway, as for the White Sox, uh, Leory Garcia was looking like you the you do best. not
1: stand for the the San Francisco hot dog. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, now uh, heading on to the White Sox themselves, uh, Leory Garcia was looking like the worst hitter in baseball up until this weekend, and I joked that his weighted runs created plus might hit 50 after this weekend. Uh, he did come up big uh, this past series. Uh, also, a, a Dylan Cease was named AL Pitcher of the Month in June, recorded a, th- a thirty point thirty three ERA, 45 strikeouts, and a 192 opponents batting average. So uh, plenty of great things. Uh, I saw overall uh, from the White Sox this past weekend. Really love to see uh, Cease uh, as well as uh, Lucas Giolito returning to form as well as Lance Lynn too, but otherwise a really fantastic week. The White Sox have had.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a little while since we talked about your White Sox. They've been hovering in like the middle portion of these rankings since an early fall out of the top 10, but yeah, they rise two spots this week from number 16 to number 14, Moving up past the Guardians and also the Giants, who yeah, they just swept out at Oracle Park and Janice was in attendance, so it's it's she gets the credit or
2: something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I... Plus, like increases. Yeah, I think I, I, like I'm, I'm sitting at 100. Yeah, I, I, I'm like right at average production level. <laughs>
1: Makes sense. Yeah. And I know the Guardians are currently above the White Sox in the AL Central standing. So I might take some Twitter guff from Cleveland fans. But um, I do really believe that the White Sox are the better team of the two and and the most likely team to catch up to the Twins. And what should be an interesting finish down the stretch for that divisional crown? You you kind of explained everything that I was going to explain. Dylan Cease um, was terrific. He's been terrific going on his last seven starts back to late May. Uh, A 0.46 ERA over his last seven outings dating back to May 29th. And I think, yeah, Lucas Giolito looking more like himself lately is almost even more important than how Cease has pitched. Uh, They need him to be Lucas Giolito in the second half. Lance Lynn uh, seems to be rounding into better form coming off that tendon repair in his knee. He went six shutout innings Friday. Just a really good, impressive series overall out on the West Coast. Uh, Eloy Jimenez could return later this week from the severe right hamstring strain that has kept him out since late April. Liam Hendricks was activated from the IL on Monday after missing three weeks with a mild forearm strain. All in all, this is starting to look like the team that we expected to see coming into the year. I know they're still under 500, but getting healthier, posting better on-field results. Um, I think the White Sox have a good, long, successful run in them, and I mean they kind of need that to get uh, to the top of the AL Central. But it's it's kind of anyone's division outside of the, the Royals and Tigers. Um, I think it's going to be probably a three-team race down the stretch, and I would pick the White Sox if, if you had if you made me pick a team right now that's going to finish as as the division champ. Yeah, as we mentioned before, big series against the AL Central leading Twins beginning on Monday night.
2: Absolutely. And uh, they're currently behind the Twins, uh, two to one, bottom of the seventh. Uh, it looks as if Jose Abreu might have gotten hit by a pitch. Last year, Abreu led the league in being hit by a pitch. Uh, but it looks as if, uh, yeah, it might have just missed his jersey. It looks as if from the replay, it just kind of just like gently brushed it. Uh, so that is currently the discourse that's currently happening on field right now.
1: <laughs> Up to date
2: absolutely very up to date. Uh, They're currently reviewing that, Uh, but moving on to uh, number seven, or yeah, uh, rising two spots to number 17, uh, the Seattle Mariners. So uh, Robbie Ray uh, is pretty much looking like himself. Uh, We mentioned that Lucas Giolito is looking a lot like himself uh, recently as well, but yeah, he's uh, definitely continuing his dominant stretch. Uh, Struck out 12 over six and two-thirds, and also Julio Rodriguez is just absolutely uh, mashing at the moment. Uh, Hit a solo shot off the first pitch uh, in the bottom of the first off Frankie Montas uh, that happened Sunday but anyway uh, yeah
1: you got fireworks going on there
2: I do, yes.
1: Yeah, we do too. <laughs> this is going to be the worst audio recording in our history. Yeah,
2: yeah. the only thing that will be difficult is whether the fireworks are coming from my feed or your feed. Uh, but for me, it's <laughs> very audible. And yeah, I, I can just hear them popping off just right outside. My neighborhood, uh, I live I live uh, in the Bridgeport neighborhood of Chicago. And uh, Bridgeport is very known for uh, people shooting off fireworks for some reason. I don't know why, but like we just love our fireworks here. But I you don't know.
1: Yeah, no, same same around here. They've been going off since last night. It seemed like really late in the night too, um, but yeah, whatever. It's baseball's fa- <laughs> fault for making us do a podcast on the night of July fourth. Uh, so if the audio is bad, it's 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 Rob Manfred's fault. Um, But yeah, uh, the Mariners are one of our biggest risers for the second straight week. They've won five of the last six games and 11 of their last 14 entering Monday's series opener at San Diego. And I think they were up big in that one. Yep. Eight, nothing in the bottom of the ninth. So chalk up another victory for the Mariners. You mentioned Robbie Ray uh, put together that terrific start Sunday against the A's. Twelve strikeouts over six and two thirds innings of one run ball. He's posted a 0.80 ERA and 40 strikeouts with just nine walks over his last 33 and two-third innings going back to June 12th. Ray's season ERA was 4.97 four weeks ago. Now it's down to 3.62. And most importantly, his command has been in check. That's the story with Robbie Ray and and kind of always has been. When he doesn't issue free passes, he's an ace. Um, His 27 swing and misses on Sunday were the second most by a Mariners pitcher In the pitch tracking era, so since 2008, James Paxton had 31 swing and misses and a start in 2018. Um, Julio Rodriguez was named AL Rookie of the Month for June and has a 942 OPS with 11 home runs, 27 RBIs, 9 stolen bases, and 30 runs scored in his last 41 games dating back to May 21st. This is illuminating. So Julio Rodriguez right now ranks first among all AL rookies in homers, RBIs, stolen bases, OPS, slugging percentage, hits, extra base hits, runs scored, total bases, weighted, runs graded plus. He's also first overall at Fangraph's version of wins above replacement. He's the fastest player in MLB history to reach 15-plus homers and 20-plus stolen bases. Got there in his first 81 career game, surpassing Ellis Burks, who did it in 82 games, and Barry Bonds, who did it in 90 games. Um, an absolute superstar in the making at age 21. And and the Mariners are, are finally starting to meet expectations. Now only three games back of 500, I guess about to go to two games back of 500 um, after dropping to a season low, 10 games under the 500 mark at one point, I mean, like three weeks ago in the middle of June and just five games back right now in the AL wildcard hunt. So keep an eye on Seattle with, with the second half approaching up to number 17 in these rankings from the number 21 spot two weeks ago. Uh, number 19 last week. Uh, a team on the move with probably a very active trade deadline ahead, given the, the tendencies, the wheeling and dealing tendencies of general manager
0: Jerry DePoto. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard. The perfector of the patio. And the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but
2: let me play devil's advocate
1: here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh,
2: Right. That does it for your big risers of the week. Let's move on to your big fallers of the week. Now, before I go on to the big fallers, I do have an update on the Jose Abreu hit by pitch scenario. It was ruled that uh, he was not hit by the pitch. But, however, he did just hit a ground rule double and is now standing at second base. Uh, I, I, th- I think being on second base is a lot be- better than being on first. <laughs> I would and agree. Also, uh, yeah, definitely I agree there. And also, too, yeah, you don't have the bruise from a 98-mile-an-hour fastball on your shoulder. So. <laughs> Definitely a, a great outcome for Mr. Abreu. All right, so going back to your big followers of the week, the San Diego Padres fall two spots to number seven. Uh, they dropped three games to the rival Dodgers over the weekend, and, and they've also uh, lost nine straight in Los Angeles overall. Uh, Dodger Stadium is not very hospitable to the Padres. Uh, but otherwise, they're currently 47-34. and 34. Uh, Definitely impressive considering that they've dealt with a lot of injuries. And, uh, yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. has yet to play game and i believe he's still fifth in uh in nl uh, voting uh, for the all-star game too so
1: <laughs> yeah he's a popular player yeah I've been, I've been thinking for a while that the padres might fall into a, a bad rut they've mostly aven- managed to avoid doing that you know despite some obvious holes on the roster with injuries and underperformance and I don't know. We might be in the midst of that downturn right now. They did avoid getting swept by the Dodgers over the weekend, as we mentioned, with a 4-2 win in the finale of that four-game series. But the Padres have lost six of their last eight games and seven of their last ten as of Monday evening, falling three and a half games back of Los Angeles in the NLS standings. They were tied with the Dodgers for first place exactly two weeks ago. Uh, much of this has happened with Manny Machado out of the lineup. That was for a 10-day period at the end of June uh, with that ankle injury that probably in retrospect should have led to an injured list stint, but he did not go on the IL and he is back in action now uh, to try and help right the ship for San Diego. I, I saw that he actually left Monday night's game early, uh, maybe with a, a reaggravation of that ankle. I mean, hopefully not. I know it's kind of a blowout there against the Mariners. So we'll, we'll find out about that. Um, check our player news page for any updates. Uh, yeah. The timeline for Fernando Tatis Jr.'s season debut, keeps getting pushed back. Now looking at late July or even probably early August after another follow-up CT scan on his surgically repaired left wrist showed a better degree of healing, um, but you know he'll continue to ramp up his baseball activity. At last check, Tatis was just doing dry swings, uh, but also a good amount of defensive work, some of that in the outfield. It's not clear yet whether he's going to return at shortstop or in the outfield, uh, but there's still time to sort that out and We'll get a clearer picture whenever he heads out on a minor league rehab assignment. time and hopefully within the next two to three weeks. But I don't know that he's not like even really hitting at full strength or, or hitting batted balls yet makes me think it's going to be even longer than that. Um, essentially the Padres traded spots with the Braves this week, Atlanta rising to number five in my rankings and the Padres dropping down past the Brewers to number seven, not a terrible place to be in the top seven, but probably more reflective now of where both of those teams should rank at the moment.
2: At number 15, falling two spots, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Like we mentioned earlier, uh, they were swept by the White Sox over the weekend. Uh, I noticed just some really very uh, terrible defensive miscues overall. Uh, Bullpen, too, also definitely showed huge weaknesses there. Uh, Lamont Wade Jr. did homer on his bobblehead day. Uh, So uh, he took uh, Dylan Cease's uh, second pitch of the game and just launched it uh, and also made a really terrific catch during that game, too. Uh, but otherwise, uh, that this is following a two-six homestand against three teams with losing records. So that's the Reds, Tigers, and White Sox. Uh, the Giants have now lost ten of their last thirteen games, uh, and currently uh, eight and eight and a half games behind the first-place Dodgers in the NL West.
1: Did you get that bobblehead?
2: I did, actually. I can even grab it right yeah, now. Yeah, grab it. <laughs> Here is the bobblehead. But what's funny is that uh, a Giants employee actually asked me if I wanted this. And I'm like, yes, of course I want it. Uh, I, I love bobbleheads in general. I think they're camp and kitschy. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Because you had can... your
1: socks gear on, they assumed you didn't want it.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, he is now sitting next to my Tyler Glass now and uh, and Tim Anderson bobbleheads. So oh. great, great addition to the collection. Yeah.
1: I mean, similar to what I said about the Padres, that they were they're playing really they they were playing really well despite some holes on the roster. I, I think the same can be said and more about this Giants team, and it it really has come down come crashing down lately, uh, with just three wins over their last fourteen games. They lost again on Monday. Uh, they split a two game series with the Tigers last week, and then, as we mentioned before, got swept by the White Sox in a, a three game series at home in San Francisco where Janis was serving as our official podcast correspondent that means you can write off your travel costs to NBC probably
2: I will be uh, submitting an invoice very uh, just yeah. um.
1: just not the bar tabs probably <laughs> but yeah Giants manager <laughs> yeah. Giants manager Gabe Kapler was was pretty blunt about the team's recent play at the end of that weekend sweep he said uh I, the quote, I don't think that we've brought our best levels of energy to the ballpark over the course of the last couple weeks. And when that happens, I think it's important to examine where we're spending our energy. Um, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure what he meant by that, but I, I think there's some, some turmoil in that clubhouse with how they've played lately. Uh, Anthony de Sclafani is officially out for the rest of the season following ankle surgery that will require will Will require four to five months of rehab. Uh, He was a big part of the surprise push to the NOS title last year for the Giants and that franchise record regular season win total of 107. He had a 3.17 ERA and 31 starts last season. This year, Descalfani made only five starts covering 19 innings with a 9.95 ERA. Uh, So that has really hurt their starting pitching depth. David VR got the call from A Sacramento ahead of Monday's series opener in Arizona, maybe rebound. Uh, he's 25 years old, plays all over the infield, uh, had a 1043 OPS with 21 home runs and 62 RBIs in 66 games this season at the A level, and I think had, an, had a nice debut. I lost that box score. But, yeah, Giants infielders are currently slashing a, a combined 233-312 381, that's a 693 OPS and more than 1,500 plate appearances. So worth giving VR a look. And it's probably going to take some maneuvering for offense and pitching help at the deadline to ensure that this team can try to compete for a wild card spot. Um, I just don't really see it with this roster. And I didn't really see it even when I put them into the top 10. But, um, yeah, it feels right that they're now down at number 15 this week.
2: At number 20, falling two spots, the Texas Rangers. Uh, but anyway, uh, the Mets uh, dropped the, this, the weekend series, or the Rangers dropped the weekend series to the Mets. Uh, they are now 37 and 40. Uh, so once again, missing an opportunity to get to 500 uh, for the first time since uh, May, May 31st.
1: I feel like we talk about the Rangers too much on this show. Uh, but <laughs> that's do. The format, the yeah, I know. We talk about them like every other week, but you know, yeah, that's the way we kind of plan this to talk about the biggest risers and biggest fallers. I um, mean, it's been a season of rising and falling in Arlington, Texas, a brutal April after their very active offseason of spending, then a really good May. And now they are 13 and 17 since the beginning of June, kind of settling into what we thought they would be uh, a little more exciting than recent past years with the talent they brought in. But not particularly close to contention and really this week the fall is has a lot to do with the Mariners and Marlins both moving up we could have talked about the Marlins on this show too they moved up two spots and Sandy Alcantara is on an incredible role like baseball's premier workhorse right now I don't have a ton to add on on the Rangers Marcus Simeon has been much improved over the last month but Corey Seager's been pretty mediocre relative to what the Rangers paid him. Both of those guys pretty mediocre overall, considering about a half billion dollars went into their pockets this winter. Um, overall, the Rangers are 20th in combined team OPS with a mark of 693. Middle of the pack in team ERA. Martin Perez has come back to earth over his la- his last couple of outings. They lost 7-6 to six on a walk-off hit by pitch from Matt Moore on Monday in Baltimore, which is kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Falling to number 20 in the rankings this week from 18th last week. And I don't see them rising much over the rest of the season. Um, I think they're probably going to shed some some parts of the trade deadline and uh, figure out a new kind of blueprint in the off season. That'll do it for this week's show. Sorry about the fireworks and the electrical problems, uh, but thanks for tuning in. Check out the full power rankings column goes up every Tuesday on NBC sports edge rankings, observations on all 30 teams rate and review the circling the bases podcast. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Janice is at Scuriosa and peace out.